Welcome back to Wind Down with Kev. It's been a minute, but we're back. It's been a busy year. I became a business coach with Craig Wiggins Coaching. I published a book with JM Publishing, and I became a best-selling author. Definitely didn't see that one coming. I've been running around the country, speaking, traveling, and enjoying every minute. But now it's time to get back to podcasting. This is my favorite format for sharing amazing conversations with incredible people. Welcome to season four, Behind the Red Doors. Come on in, check it out. I have incredible guests lined up just for you. Welcome to Wind Down with Kev, season four, episode nine. We are in the palace in the VIP section. And certainly today, I am bringing you a special VIP, one of the most different dudes, different entrepreneurs that's out there. It is Mr. Matt Rivera. Um, Wait until you get to know him. So, Matt, let's jump right in the game. Why don't you introduce yourself to the people a little bit? I mean, you did a pretty good job right there. Um, I'm Matt Rivera, and, you know, I have a few different businesses. (laughs) (laughs) That's not it. We got to dig deep in that. But let's not even talk about business first. Let's talk about your beautiful family. How about a shout-out to your beautiful wife, the kids? Definitely. I'm shouting them out. I have three kids. I got twins, 13, boy and girl. And, a, and another boy, he's eight, but my kids, they, they, they're cool. They're driving me crazy, but they're cool. And my wife, she's the best. That, she's that, the best. That's good. Kids driving you crazy is a part of it. Um, I met you. We really connected on some basketball stuff with real estate and chill, and you kind of deceived me. I talked to you on the side. You were set up as a vendor. You were all wrapped up. You told me you were hurt, and I was coaching against you, and you went out there and killed me. You know... <laughs> I'm a competitive person. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm older now, so but my body hurts, but I do play to win. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. But you pass that love of the game on to your kids. They play as well? Yes, they're, they're, they're just as competitive, and, yeah, they, they play a lot of sports. Okay, every sport, not just basketball. What else, what else are they into? Uh, well, my daughter, she's all into cheer, and now she's doing lacrosse, and she'll do anything. Um, she's you know, a natural athlete. And then my son, my older one, he's basketball. Uh, he's doing lacrosse now. Um, he, he's getting into it now. Like, you know, you get those funny ages when you're a kid where you're not really getting it. But, like, it's starting to click. And then my younger one, he's still all over the place. He's doing That's soccer, okay. track. He, he doesn't know what he wants to do yet. Try everything. Burn that energy out before we get home. So before we shift the business, I got to thank you for being there for me with the Long Island Nets. You came out. You supported the real men. Wear pink. I brought them. Yes, <laughs> I really, really appreciate it. You bought all the little ones. I definitely um, appreciate it. So we met on some charity stuff with real estate and chill. We connected again on real men wear pink. But then we've uh, become really good friends because of networking and being at your space, Main Street Success. So let's start our conversation off talking about. Main Street success a little bit, and then we're going to get into uh, you because you're like Shaq. I, I've never seen it, but I heard Shaq. LinkedIn profile says owner of many businesses. I probably would describe you the same way. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> if you're looking at it like that, yes. So let, let's, you're wearing the Inspection Boys franchise shirt today. So where do you want to start? You want to start with Inspection Boys or with Main Street Success? 
Um, we can start with Inspection Boys and then work into Main Street Success. Okay, let's talk about it. Tell the people about uh, Inspection Boys and and not only what you do with that business, but how you franchise and how this avail opportunity is available for others that may want to be an entrepreneur, but with the support of a franchise. Yeah, so Inspection Boys was, I guess you could say, is my baby. Okay. You know, that was... Before all of the businesses, I was more of a union worker. I worked for the power company, I did line work, and then I became a home inspector, and I learned about franchising and systems and putting everything in place, and that's why I wanted to start with Inspection Boys, because that's just where it all started. That's the foundation. Yeah, that kind of got me into like, oh wow, I could do this, and I realized that there's a lot of things like, to get to certain levels, it's real easy to get to like this level. And that's where Inspection Boys came in. And, and it's crazy that you would say that it's real easy to get to this level. Why would you say it's easy? Because there's somebody doing a union job today that has this entrepreneurial dream, but they're uncomfortable. They're not sure where to get started. Because everything's been done already. There's okay. all systems in place. Like, people don't listen. People don't follow the plan. Like... You know, that's the thing, like a franchise is everybody is always like, well, I don't want to pay the franchise because I could keep it myself. Right. But the whole goal is like they're giving you the systems to get you there faster. And that's where like I took it like before I became part of the franchise, I was in a class, my home inspection class had 30 people in it. Okay. A year later, there was two of us doing home inspections. Wow. Why did 28 of them fail? And I, then I taught the class and the same thing would happen over and over. And the reason was because they weren't good at putting the systems in place. Me, I was one of those people that I could go on Google, I could listen to a book and be like, oh wow, that makes sense. I actually have to market to get busy, not get busy, then market. And that's where I was like, oh wow, like now I understand this, the franchise. I understand McDonald's and all the other little franchises. And I'm like, wow. And like I, to get to like uh, a union level job, like the thing was when you're a lineman, you make good money. You make mm -hmm. 150, 200 grand a year. And you're, in the back of your mind, you're always like, I can't quit. Right. Because where am I going to make 150 grand right. a year? Right. But then it hit me. It's like, I could get there pretty fast. And then I got there pretty fast. Right. And I'll tell you the God's honest truth. When I quit the job, if you looked at the paperwork and the numbers, you'd be like, you're an idiot. So, so to, <laughs> for, for the people that's listening, you're, you're a young guy. You had a young family. You're a lineman. Tell people, anybody that's not on Long Island or in New York listening to this podcast, Tell them what you did as a lineman. What was your union job? What were you doing exactly? So we would climb poles. I had my crew. You, we would, you know, we would, my daily job was hooking up electric power. So if you needed power, we would go to your house. We would hook it up. But we made our bread and butter on emergency work, storm work. Okay. So a storm hit in Florida. We'd get in the trucks, drive down there, be there for two weeks, make double time for 16 hours a day, yes. come back with 20, 30 grand, and you just rinse and repeat. Do another three, four months normal work and get a big storm. But you're always searching for that storm. Got it. You, you're storm chasing. In my business, we're hoping the storm don't hit. Yeah, exactly. But from your standpoint, In our hit, mind, we're hit, hoping hit. for it to hit and hit big. So, <laughs> you know, but the, the problem was, like, when you have a family, like, you, we... The best thing was in the union was I was trained to work 16 hours a day every day. Okay. So like now everyone's like, oh, you always work? And I'm like, I'm working way less than I was. Yes. I mean, I'm always busy, but I'm not climbing a pole 16 hours a day. So it's a different mentality for me where. What was the, what was the big switch that changed your mindset from 16 hours a day to still chasing paper, but with less hours? 
Uh, it's kind of, so it was a little bit of, you know, like every storm hits on every holiday or vacation. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I miss my cousin's wedding, you know, I missed birthdays and it's always the ones you're looking forward right. to. Like, oh, we got this party this weekend. Nothing's going to happen. And then the temptation of, you know, one day storm, you're like, okay, but it's like, yo, we might be away for two weeks and you're like, all right, I'm going to miss it again. So that was adding up in my head. And then I, you know, somebody gave me a book. I put it on a, uh, the Audible, and they were like, you got to read this book. Whatever you do, just listen to this book, read it. And it was Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon. Oh, Hill. that's the first one. That's, and, the, that's the mind changer. And it did. It, it literally was like, <laughs> you know, burn the bridges, set the goal, put it out there. And I was like, all right, I'm rocking with it. And if it don't work, I'll go back. That, that's a jewel right there. So the mind changer was Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill. That's recommended listening or reading to everybody, because once your mindset changed, fast forward to today, I see you grinding, I see you in multiple business ventures, but I also see you in PA with the family, I see you in Florida with the family, so you're no longer missing those events. No, that well that's it, I'm, I'm able to be at those events and I'm able to shut off, I mean they might not say I shut off as much as they want, <laughs> But in my mind, I'm still there when I'm not, you know, somewhere else. Yeah, I, I definitely measure everything by being there. Uh, it's never a dollar figure. It's a presence. And exactly. Even if you got to answer a call or two, okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm getting better at it. Okay. You know, but, you know, I still like money, too. <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to lie. All right, so um, where do we want to go? We want to go Main Street Success or we want to go real estate? Because you've been doing some amazing things with some flips. Uh, whichever one how, you want. Whichever let, one you want. Well, I have a lot of big real estate also. Let's talk about the flips. How did you get into the flips? So the flips, I mean, that's, you know, everybody sees real estate on TV. Everybody wants to do some stuff. And then the home inspection, it all kind of came together. The first house I bought in PA, that was it. So I bought the house and I'm like, we're going to flip this house and build an empire. And I got the house for $40,000. I talked them down. It was the best deal in the world. And we started working on it, doing our thing. And my wife fell in love with it. Ooh. And she's like, nobody's moving in this house. We're not selling it. And it kind of taught so me. So let me it, take a time out here. If you falling in love with real estate, that's kind of a conflict. It, it was the it biggest lesson learned. So <laughs> we lost my, no, I never, I basically, my whole plan, the empire didn't work. Okay. Um, I had a reset. But I learned a lot. I learned how to do the work on the house. I learned that that's basically what got me at the home inspections. So then I learned that any house I buy from this point on, my wife can't see it until it's rented. There you go. So like the one in Florida was rented before she even seen it. You know, like it's now it's like you can't get that emotional attachment. Yes. And then from that point, it kind of was just like, I, I like to invest Mm -hmm. And I like to watch money grow. Okay. But I don't have a niche. Like I'm not a house flipper or multifamily. I will invest in whatever you want to invest in as long as I think we can make money. How do you how do you people come every day with ideas? You know, man, I think that you know these plants then they're, they're next. How do you screen out what you're gonna invest in and what you're not? For me, there's a few different things. Like everybody's always got a good idea. Like who who's coming to me with the idea? And are they full of shit? You know, honestly, like, you <laughs> Straight know. Straight like that. Like, I'm, I, you know, you say, let's do this. I'm, if I say, let's do this, I'm going to do it. Right. But I, the first thing I say is, like, am I going to do this without them? Right. Or are they going to be as serious as I am about it? And then it's always, like, what is the idea and does it make sense? And, like, now where I'm at is it doesn't even have to be, like, oh, is it going to make money? Is it going to be, like, well, is it going to change what I'm doing enough to make it worth it? Like, right now, it's not so much about the money. 
You know, like you could have the best idea in the world, but if I got to commit the rest of my life to it, I'm okay with not doing that. Right. Right. You know, back in a couple of years ago, I would be like, yo, let's do it. We're going to be rich. Right. Now right. I'm like, all right, you know, we're comfortable now. Let's let's pick the the stuff that works. Yeah, that makes that makes a, a lot of sense. If it's too fast, I have no interest. If it's slow and steady, you have my attention. Yeah. So, Matt, um, one of the things I've asked everybody about this season of Wind Down with Kev is mentorship. Talk to me about mentors. You mentioned the, the book as one trigger that changed your mindset. Talk to me about mentors that you had and how that's also helped your mindset well so mentors that's a that's a tricky question because you know again i'm (laughs) hard-headed i like to say i could read it all and not have a mentor Mm -hmm. and you know the problem i have with mentors is i feel like a lot of them are fake Got it. You know, like a lot of people, they, they call you up, they try to sell you the dream, but they've never done it. Right. Like, a, like we're in the real estate industry. Most of the mentors that mentor can't sell a house. Right. Like they're not mentors. Their business is mentoring and not doing real estate. Right. So it hurts me. Right. Like, so I've put myself in situations where I like to talk to people that are there and I use that as my mentorship. So I have people in my circle that they might not even know they're mentoring me, but they are. Right. You know, so I, one of my mentors is John Hewitt. Yes. Um, he's opened up five, 10,000 franchise locations, done a million things, invested in other businesses. You know, he's one of my big mentors. And, you know, it's funny because if I look at it from the outside, we have two minute conversations. Yes. Like we have a 10 minute call once a week and I think it's usually like two. Right. But it's like he sparks that interest, he gives me that idea and then I roll with it until the next week. And that's where the mentorship is value because someone that's done what you wanna do is what you need. You know, like I, it avoids that mistake or at least it gives me a different perspective. That's a beautiful thing. Uh, one of the times when I visited you at Main Street Success, really the first time I came, you were under construction. You you weren't even open yet, but you gave me John Hewitt's book, yeah. which blew me away. For those of you that, that don't know, uh, if you think of Liberty Tax, Jackson and Hewitt, that's the John Hewitt that we speak of. Um, you probably can tell his backstory, but there's very few people that's created as many franchises and millionaires as John Hewitt had. He's built it didn't have it, and rebuilt it back up. Is that a fair description of who John is and what the success he's had? Pretty much. Had it, take it away. And one of the things, like knowing him and being involved for a couple of years now, is that he always talks about how many millionaires he's made. Yes. And now I've met a lot of those millionaires, and yeah. I'm like, it's not a you know, a marketing ploy, like, hey, I made all these millionaires. No, it's no, like, no. It's, it's, it's tangible. So of everything in that book that resonated with me, the most yeah. about the impact that he's had and doing well for other people. So that's that's tangible. That's not uh, fictitious. So big shout out to John Hewitt. Yeah, yeah. Thank no. you for giving me the opportunity to meet him and to see him work. Uh, when I came to Main Street Success to meet him and to see him, at that time you were introducing a new tax franchise. Talk about that tax franchise, which April 19th when we're recording this, we're one day after the season. How did season number one go? Ah. That's okay. That's part of it. I don't like the, I'm a competitive person. (laughs) And if I had to rate my performance on tax season, we failed. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Um, I went into it with the wrong mindset. Okay. I went into it like we're going to follow the system, but- I didn't realize how the system worked. Mm -hmm. So we were adjusting on the fly and 
the numbers I thought we were going to hit. Right. I'm sure we didn't even get close. And the numbers that were low, we didn't even get close to them. So <laughs> uh, are we going to kill it next year? Yeah. We're going to be the best MVP next year. Like, Because now I know, understand the yeah. game. Like The thing about the tax business was it was marketing. We right. knew how to market our business. They knew how to market their business. I didn't put two and two together that our location didn't fit their marketing and the business didn't fit our marketing. I, well, I thought about that. When I was there, John was talking about your target market, and then I was thinking about the location. Those things were just slightly disconnected. Not massively. Not, but, not massively, slightly. And, and that's what it was. That's why I'm saying next year we're going to kill it because mm-hmm. I already figured out how to adjust. Got it. But this year, you know, it was we were trying to do what they were saying, knowing it wasn't going to work, and also tried and would adjust it but really not knowing what was going to work. And now I'm like, hold up. If we would have went a little bit different, it would have worked. So tax season's over. I'm so happy. Yes. Um, we lost money. We did all right. Because next year, we're going to kill it. Like, and I know that. This is what I love and respect about you. Um, I don't want to talk to anybody about success stories that's never experienced failure. That's like talking to an athlete that tells you how many points they score in the game, but they don't discuss how many shots they missed. Yeah. What made... Kobe Bryant goes down as one of the greatest whatevers, but he's also the person that's missed the most shots in NBA history. Jordan said you're going to miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. So you have to take that same attitude into business. You can't think that this next thing is the next big great thing and you're just completely going to crush it. It's going to be easy because that attitude will lead to failure every time. Exactly. And, and that's kind of where, like I said, I'm not upset. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of like, all right, we, 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 we gave it a go. We tried. And... Now I understand it. And like I said, next year and the years after, it's a totally different game. I love it. I love it. Um, other question I have to ask you about mindset. Um, I see you posting. You've got a good circle of people. You guys are always meeting about next ideas. And then I think it's the same group of people, if I'm following you correctly. You guys have done some pretty adventurous things. I think I've seen you go see Tony Robbins. I think you've like walked on a rock. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, so I have a good core group of people. Like, I am one of those people that I do stuff with partners. Like, gotcha. I don't like doing it by myself. I've accepted the fact that, you know, I could do it by myself, but it's more fun doing it with partners. So I have right now a really good core that they've kind of been with me. They, I want to say that they accept the fact that I'm a little crazy and I'm going to come <laughs> up with some crazy ideas and they're probably going to be like, all right, we're going to do it if he wants to do it. But at the same time, we've had enough success or, you know, we've passed enough tests that they're like, let's just do it. Right. And, you know, we, 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 we feed off of each other. You know, like some two of them are a little bit more realistic with everything. They have to point out the negative, okay. which makes me think about Did it. And then when we're ready, they're right there with us. So, yeah, I do have a core group of people that we're kind of all together. We bounce ideas off and we'll, we'll do whatever. And, and is that real? Did y'all walk on the hot coals on the rocks? Yes, it's... Is it real or was we fronting on the gram? Just tell me. It's 100% real. <laughs> the problem is, like, I don't even... Like, it was so fake but real. Like, they get you... I don't, like... I, anybody, I, if you rent the Tony Robbins to, like, peak state, mental, like, get gassed up, first off, they keep you up for, like, 14 hours. Woo. So you get there at, like, 8 in the morning. The room is freezing. It's, like, 10 degrees. You're shaking all day. And then at, like, 1 o'clock in the morning, they bring you outside. They light the coal up. And it's hot. You right. feel it. But they get you like in this zone. Da, 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 
and you run across the coast so fast, you don't feel it. I didn't even remember. Like, I, I thought I was going to, it was nothing. <laughs> like, nothing. My feet get, like, if you put, I don't, it was just the weirdest thing. Like, it was so real. And, like, everything he said, like, you're just not, you just, and it worked. And it came in when I'm a big Tony Robbins fan. I've been listening to him for, wow, since the beginning, since Awaken the Giant within. I've seen him speak once, but I've never have. No will I ever walk on the coal. So unless you go. Unless no, you no, go. no, no, no. Thank you, you for that. Knowing I can experience that vicariously with you. So, so Matt, what else are you working on? What else did you want to talk about that I didn't ask you about? What else is in the fire? I know you have some other coals in the fire. Well, I mean, on the franchise side, we, um, we bought some of the other franchises that are in the brand. So right now on Long Island, we have uh, the rights to a dog grooming franchise and mobile dog grooming, the tax franchise, and a staffing franchise. Um, my goal really is to kind of take what we have now and just really micro-focus, which still is going to seem like it's a lot of different things. But for me, you know, focusing on six things instead of 20 is going to be like my goal. So I really plan on growing those three brands here on Long Island, plus the Inspection Boys and the Main Street Success. Okay. So five things I counted. Let's call them out by name. So Inspection Boys franchise, one opportunity. Dog grooming, what's the name? Zooming Grooming. Zooming Grooming. 60-second commercial about Zooming Grooming. For anybody that's listening, grooming a lot of is, pet lovers, It's a mobile dog grooming business. So you get a truck, we get it all ready, and we're going to go to your house, cut the dog, and keep going. Um, it's basically, you know, when you think of like COVID and everybody now wants to get stuff delivered, we're going to show up. Your dog's going to walk out, walk in, be happy, and be gone. Inspection boys, Zoom and grooming. Shout out to Taxes. Taxes, ATAX. ATAX is going to be the biggest tax company within the next 10 years. I think this year, over 100 locations open, plus I think another 1,000 are sold. So by next year, there'll be two, 300 open, and you could just do the math. Um, we opened the first one in Suffolk. There was two in Nassau. Next year, there'll be another 10. Okay. What are the other two? What did I miss? So the other one was jobs and staffing. Please talk about jobs and staffing because we're in a we're in an economy with such a major paradigm shift where people really don't know where to get started. And I think starting with a staffing agency is a good way for people in between careers. So talk about the name of it, how people can get in touch with you, whether they want a franchise opportunity or whether they're looking for a job. So the staffing industry is crazy. Okay. I mean, like you said, like it's people need jobs, people need people, people need workers. Like everybody needs the staffing industry, and it's a great place to start. We, you know, Johnson. I, I'm bad. I can't really tell you the history of the name. I know it's something in India, um, but the guy, my Sarab, he runs Johnson. Amazing. He's got probably you know a thousand you know workers out there, and the industry itself is just so ripe because it fills the need for both people. You got people that say, hey, look, I need a job. Mm -hmm. And then you got companies that come to you and say, hey, look, I need 50 employees or I need this. And they connect the dots. Is, is that active on Long Island in the New York area right now? Or is it so, something that's coming? That's coming. So Johnson is coming. There are no locations in New York right now. Um, there is work being done in the city and stuff. But generally, we will open up the first Johnson December. Okay. So you're going to hear it first for anybody that's in between careers, uh, employers. I mentor, I talk to, I coach agents every day. I can't find people. That's everyone's 
number one dilemma. I'm still missing one. Which opportunity didn't we talk about? Well, we could go in Main Street success. Main Street success. And the real estate. Let's talk about that Main Street success and just the event space business. I visited with you, Main Street success, Smithtown, New York. You were finishing construction when I came to see you. You told me the vision and fast forward. I've hosted events there. I've seen other people host events there. Talk about Main Street success. Shout out the location and what you're trying to do there. So Main Street success is, I don't even know what it is. It's just something. <laughs> um, the, the vision was, you know, we know networking and marketing is the point, you know, that, that every business needs. And for me, what happened was I had taught the home inspection school. I had taught, I knew about the real estate mm -hmm. school. I couldn't find space. Right. So the original vision was like, how do we build like a shared space for more schools, for more networking? Mm -hmm. And kind of went that route. Now, I can't take credit. My partner, Bridget, yes. is crazy. Shout out to Bridget. Shout out to Bridget. She took the idea and put it on steroids. I mean, yeah. you know, now we're having parties and cocktails and bartenders and it looks like a club at night. Yes. Um, it, it's, I don't know where it's going. I don't know what the whole plan is. I mean, we have right now, we want, we have the real estate school that's added there and we have all the networking and stuff going on there. So now we're trying to see where we can make money and how do we make this work for everybody. Um, there are some excited things in the works. We partnering with Long Island Real Estate uh, Investors Association, Lira, and we're gonna do some bigger stuff with them. Um, but again, it's still evolving. You know, we're talking to John and he's like, well, let's franchise it. Let's, you know, get this in. Uh, Cause you know, that the, the theory that John has is I have, you know, a thousand uh, ATAX locations that closed down in April. Why don't we put a real estate school the rest of the year? Why don't we put, you know, the networking in there? So like John's thinking like that. Why not use the real estate? Think of it as the real estate business. That was the turning point for McDonald's going from, we're not in the fast food business, we're in the real estate we're, business. Yeah, well that's that's how I'm looking. Everything I want, I want to own. So every business, I'm I'm buying the land. And you know, that's that's where we're saying, okay, if you know we have all these other businesses in the family, the loyalty brand, why don't we take advantage of what they're not doing? Like you have a real estate office, you probably have a room. Why don't you put a real estate school in there? You know, and now buy the school in there. Now you sell your insurance. You know, everybody everything, feeds everything each comes other. Together. Exactly. Matt, you have crushed this podcast. How can people find you? People are going to listen to this. They're going to have to listen, stop, pause. <laughs> Where can they follow you on social media so they can keep up with how you're moving? And when these franchise opportunities pop up, you're going to have some dollar figures as to when people can get involved. How can people follow you on social media and keep up with all the amazing things you're doing? I mean, I'm on LinkedIn, Matt Rivera. I'm on Instagram, Matt Rivera, and I'm on Facebook. Um, pretty much that's the only way to follow me. I post as my wife would say, whatever. Like, I have no rhyme or reason. Like, if I take a picture, you, some days I post about good stuff, some days I post about food, it doesn't matter. Um, but if they really want to know me, they're gonna have to call me or something. And, and you respond, ladies and gentlemen, Matt Rivera, one of the freest thinkers in 2023 that I've met, gotten to know over the last year. If you're thinking about pursuing your entrepreneurial dreams, if you're feeling a little crazy, maybe you're in a stable job and you're looking to take a chance, maybe just not sure what to do next. This is the man that's modeling behavior that you want to emulate and duplicate. Matt Rivera. Thank you.